Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hey there, how are you? Doing well, how are you? I am excellent. Here we are. Today is what? The 30th. The 30th. Last day of June. Yes. Last day of June 2021. Mm -hmm. Move by quickly. The summer is, uh, well, I guess it's been here officially for about a week. Yeah. And uh, we're rolling toward the NBA Finals. Yeah. Next month. Tonight, we've got a game, don't we? Yeah. Clippers versus the Suns as the Western Conference Finals continues tonight, right? Yeah. So what do you think? What's going to happen? What's going on? It's going to be interesting to watch because obviously this is a sudden elimination game for or sudden death uh, game for the Clippers. So if they lose this game, they they can't. This is their last opportunity to keep staying in the series. Obviously, they did come back and win uh, game five against the Suns two days ago, or I think it was last night. And so that game was kind of interesting to watch. Um, I think there's a lot to say about what's going to happen in this game because there's two possibilities in all games where either the Suns play like they did not last time these teams squared off, which is game five, but in game four when they squared off. That game for Aiton and the Suns team was completely different. In this game, there are very few, um, not few, but I mean not as many as they had last time as far as offensive rebounds are concerned. Aiton wasn't as able. Um, wasn't able to get inside the paint like he was last time and tip the ball back in. That was a major struggle for them because he was being boxed out and kept out of the paint, which caused many of the Suns' shots to miss because, I mean, even in the last game that we covered, we said that they were struggling with shooting the ball, and Aiden was kind of that bright point of getting the ball back into the back into the goal. But when that when he wasn't there, the struggle was, I mean, awful for them. They had they, they uh, hit 38 out of four, um, 84 shots. So it wasn't like they were shooting the ball very efficiently, but the Clippers, they were able to hit the shoot the uh, shoot the ball extremely efficiently. They were actually the um, the better team inside the paint and inside inside the arc, and that was just because I mean the defense of the Suns wasn't very good in this game. There was a lot of openings. Um, they were able to get around their guy quite efficiently, really easily. Um, they let him kind of sneak back in there and score as many times as they wanted to. But it wasn't only that. Last time we talked about this, we talked about that each one had like five to four. I think the Suns had four three pointers, and the Sun, uh, the Clippers had five. Yeah. But in this game, the Clippers had ten, so they started to shoot the ball a little bit more efficiently behind the arc. You could see that they felt a little bit more comfortable. They weren't going through dry spells like we saw last time with these droughts where they didn't score at all. No, they were scoring quite efficiently throughout this entire game. And in, I mean, for the first first uh, for the first full half. You really couldn't see much defense from the Suns. It wasn't that, that impressive. And then the third quarter, I was watching it at the beginning of it. I'm like, okay, now we're seeing them get in front of their guys. We're seeing them kind of stay in front of them, make sure they're not getting around them. Everyone's on their man, not giving a whole lot of open shots. But that only lasted for a few seconds. And then the, the Clippers just got back to the old self of getting in there, bullying, getting, uh, getting to the rim, and then shooting the free throws. Like they've been doing. The Suns, on the other hand, they didn't have the same success at all. They would try to get inside the paint. The ball would just bounce off the back of the rim or the front of the rim, or I mean, the ball was just going straight, or it would just go straight to the Clippers, and they, um, the Suns couldn't get a rebound to get another another second chance at. It. And that's really, I think, where the struggle came from was the inability to get the rebound and therefore get more shots. So in the next game that they play, my, my the question I was asked myself is: Is the Clippers going to be able to do the same thing? 
to the Suns that they were able to do this time around is all their players are going to be able to just shoot the ball efficiently. Are they able to make the same three uh, threes? If they can do that, then I think they'll stay alive in this game. I feel like the most important thing to lock down for the Suns is their reboundability and get around them in the paint as frequently and as often as you possibly can and knock down the shots as often as you possibly can because if you if they stop their rebounds like we were just talking about, that's when they really start to struggle and you can see a big difference in this team because, I mean, yes, they could create the Suns can create their own space and can shoot their own shot, but they need to be able to have second chances just in case one of their shots goes off or they miss. But if they can, the Clippers can hold that down and make sure that they're, because, I mean, getting around teams and getting into the paint has worked phenomenally for them Ever since the first series, if you remember the first series um, against the Mavericks, they did that. They definitely did that against the Jazz, and that worked really well. And now they're doing it against the Suns, and that's working extremely well. But you have to wonder how long will the shooting drought of missing a lot of their shots and staying under 50% last to the Suns? Will they start to turn that around this game where they're starting to have a hot hand shooting and you see them just absolutely dominating on the core and they're scoring a lot of shots and they're starting to, we're starting to see a rhythm going on for this team. I don't know if that's the case because for most of the games that I've watched, the Suns have struggled shooting the three ball. This has not been their strong suit in this game, which is odd because during the season, both of these teams were very good at shooting the three ball. So you have to see, wonder who will turn that down, turn that around the quickest and I feel like whoever does that will win this series but as far as this game tonight I think that the Clippers have the momentum I think they have the heart and I think they've got the ability to keep this going into a game seven in this series I thought from the very beginning of this series before it even began I thought the Clippers would go down 0-2 and come back and bring into a game seven where the Suns would win in the very end and I think that's exactly what's gonna happen this time I think they're okay. gonna come back and win I think they're gonna win this game I feel like they're just gonna have a better shooting hand as far as on um inside the arc and getting to the rim and doing that stuff I feel like that's just not going to change for this game because I feel like they don't I felt like in the last game the Suns didn't have the answer for them and when they did have the answers the Clippers had more answers so I feel like the Suns need more time to figure this team out before they can uh, finally drop the hammer on them and move into the uh, move into the finals okay so you're saying Suns to the finals yeah, I'm saying Suns in the finals but I think the Clippers will win this game okay okay all right here we go uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's get uh, into football. Let's talk. The NFL season is just around the corner. Yeah, literally. It's creeping up on it's us. creeping, yeah. Uh, we're now uh, one day away from July, and training camps kick off in July, a little yep. bit later on in the month. So lots to be excited about, a lot of storylines to follow and things to be thinking about. Let's start with the Cleveland Browns and the situation with Baker Mayfield and uh, and his contract um, you know, do you do do you think that he's deserving of a of a Dak Prescott or Patrick Mahomes type contract, or uh, do you put him in a different tier than those guys? I think he's deserving of a contract. If Dak Prescott is deserving of a contract like he just signed, then I think Baker Mayfield is deserving of a very similar contract, maybe not as high, but I mean, just based off of how he turned the Browns team that literally couldn't make it past like a 1 and 11 or whatever it was season like they couldn't win very many games uh they were just struggling throughout these series uh throughout these um seasons and then finally last season he was able to turn them around and get them all the way to a playoff shows that this this quarterback is a guy that can lead a franchise when the right players are around him and the right coaching staff is around him. And that's what they've given him a really good coaching staff. They gave him a really good offense. Now they're beefing up his defense. I feel like this this quarterback is definitely the guy to orchestrate it. But the other thing you have to remember is 
for finding a quarterback, unless you're willing to trade a bunch to get one of those really established quarterbacks around the league and you see these, a lot of these yeah. trades happen, it's imp- almost impossible to find them in the draft. It's just it's, yeah. it's just luck of the draw and mostly in these in these quarterback situations. And you never know if you're going to have the good one or if they'll kind of yeah, click with your you team. Once you find one, you got to hold on to them. That's what I'm saying. And I think that's why you need to give them a contract that is something he will accept and will make him motivated to play for your team week in and week out because he's definitely proven himself to be that type of guy that can turn the worst franchise into a franchise that people are rooting for and starting to believe that they can become a contender. Because, I mean, we've been talking about it where we're like the Cleveland Browns could be a contender to all to get to all the way to their conference final. And that's not something you can do with just any quarterback. You have to have a guy that's very comfortable in your in uh, in that that system and that scheme and knows your offense and knows the players and it's just meshing well with these players and all his teammates. And you kind of see that happening with the Browns to not give him a contract and let that guy get traded to a different team or leave in free agency. When that does happen, I think it would be a big mistake for a team that has finally found their guy and finally found their coaching staff and finally found their groove, which they've been waiting to do for a very long time. Yep. So I think letting a that go, lo- you have no idea. <laughs> a long time, a long time, long so, yeah, time. I would think that he deserves a pretty big contract for what he's been able to do. Well, let's go to the other side of the ball then with these Cleveland Browns. The uh, the Browns' defensive coordinator was saying that he believed that uh, their defense can, can can control games by controlling the clock, controlling the, the tempo, tempo, what yeah. have you, right? Yeah, I don't know if that's possible, though, because if you think about it, if they, can con- they can't control the tempo of a game, they can slow down the offense a little bit and cause them well, to I have to... Well, I think they pu- can control... Things like physicality. That's yeah, right? they can, they can do that. things to try to make the offense behave in such a, a way that plays into their strengths or that allows them to somehow control the tempo. I don't the, know. The, the tempo, tempo a little make bit a... more. I, I get what you're saying though. If you a lot of that tempo, has to do with offense. huddles and right, you know, and how they're moving to get to the line. I mean, obviously, you can sack them and then make them uh, work and get back into the game and try to slow them down and make sure they're not getting a lot of incompletions and stuff, but you're still really not con- controlling the tempo right. because the offense can still be as slow as they want to be or as fast as they want to be. You're really, all you're really doing is allowing your offense to control the tempo. I think he's trying to, maybe it's to control the, te- the, the tempo. Tenor, ten- tenor of the game, right? Like the tone The of tone, that would be a more appropriate word for it, but the tempo, I'm not sure if you can control the speed of a game with a defense. So the first time I read it, I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's a kind of a nifty idea, like control the, the tempo. And then I've thought about it for a second. I'm like, you're really not doing a whole lot. You're giving your offense the chance to control the tempo of the game by playing well. Now, you can you can establish a physical presence and make them know you're there on defense, and you can do that type of thing like you were saying, but I think the tempo is something that you can't really control as far as when you're on defense. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go jump back over to the NBA for a second before we get out of here. Um, do you think there's a cautionary tale in the injury situation plaguing the, the NBA? I think so. I mean, if you, if, if as far as the NFL, I think you have to you have to make sure if you're the um, if you're the NFL that you're taking the proper steps to make sure that these teams are well rested and ready to go for when when things do happen, when the playoffs start happening and things like that. Because during this season, especially in the playing tournament, when when uh, because they played so many games and they're kind of forced into it after being a little bit of a slower season last season, um, I think. The NBA just had a bunch of injuries, so I think that can also happen to the NFL, especially because you're adding a game. Obviously, you're giving them a, a bye week at the beginning, but you're adding an extra game, which is going to have to cause them to play more uh, more football. Yep. But after 16 weeks, they're battered, and they're 
really going and they're playing as hard as they can go. But if you give them a bye week before the season begins versus giving them a bye week later on in the season, those are completely different things. Because if you give them a bye week later in the season, that's after they've been playing actual football and fighting for a chance in the playoffs. That would be a safer bet. I think they should. What they should really do is, if they're at least for this season, maybe experiment with moving the bye week from the the fourth week in preseason until later date. Maybe moving their team bye week or something. That way they don't have to. I mean, because if you're giving them a seven an extra week before they have to go to the playoffs, you're basically causing them to have to like get more battered and you have you run the risk of more injuries if something like that happens. You have to be very uh, careful as an owner as a team and. At, uh, for the NFL as a whole to make sure these players are kind of safe and uh, protected as they go through these uh, these games and they're trying to fight for a spot because the last thing you want is to add an extra game and have all the good players out for the playoffs yep. because that's what we're seeing in the uh, NBA. Like Chris yeah. Paul was out. Giannis is now going to be out. Trey Young was out. So you're getting all these guys that you watch the NBA injured and now not many people are going to watch it. So if you're the NFL, I think what you're going to end up seeing is a lot of load management, which means you're going to see a lot of teams take their good players out weeks like 15, 16, and 17 rest them if they're obviously in the playoffs at that point rest them that way when the playoffs start they can play but that's also going to bring down the value of the nfl as far as people wanting to watch those latter weeks in the and latter weeks in the season because no one wants to watch a bunch of backups play like it's preseason unless it's beginning of the season so they've got to they kind of shuffle this risk of is this going to work well i don't think this should be something that they fully establish yet i feel like this should be an experiment to see is 17 weeks a good idea because last season wasn't that good of an option because when they established the 17 week that the season was already kind of going on and we kind of saw things how it's looking and stuff that's a trial run they still need to do an experiment to see is this going to work is this going to cause injuries to these players who are now trying to kind of get back into a new season and obviously nfl is a little different than nba because nba had a shorter season last year last last year the nfl had the same length of season so maybe we'll see a little bit less injuries but we'll have to see how this all kind of pans out and see if this like affects nfl fans and how they feel about this as as we go along and see do people like the extra week is it a good thing or a bad thing are we seeing an uptake in injuries so i think this will be a very interesting uh, season to watch and see is this something that will be permanent or is this something that would be just a trial run if it doesn't work they'll they'll take it out yeah well we'll see we'll see it's a good point though injuries can be a big problem and they can just completely change the season or completely change a team the, the, the a team for the playoffs as you point out so yeah yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I, I kind of like that they're doing some experimenting, but hopefully they also see it as experimentation and not at a final. Yep. Yeah. Which I think they do. Hopefully. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's good to hang out for a little bit, talk a little bit of sports. Looking yeah. forward to watching that game tonight, uh, and then uh, hitting on it a little bit later on. So if you uh, haven't done so already, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. That'll let you know when new episodes are available. You can grab them, listen to them whenever you want. We appreciate you. We appreciate you listening, and we'll talk soon. See you. See you.